Welcome back to Sister Ellie Cat's Tea, where we talk about all things church related. My name is Allison C. Holt, and I am your host. Today we are going to talk about distractions. Did you know that distractions are spiritual robbers? It robs us of our spiritual growth, of our uh, doing the things that the Lord would have us to do. So, today we're going to talk about spiritual robbers and those robbers are distractions. Now first, we want to be clear of who we are and the power that God has given us. We are heirs to the throne of God. We are his children. We are royalty. Listen, Romans 8 and 17 states. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Also, we can read in Ephesians, the first chapter starting at verse 3 blessed be God the father of our Lord Jesus the anointed one who grants us every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms listen I love that how it says every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms it's almost like said in these natural uh, earthly streets God has given us every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms, in the realms of heaven, in the spirit. God has given us everything that we need. Where we live in the anointed, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what he being Jesus has done for us. Listen, God has given us everything that we need. To, to, to live on this earth, to live naturally, and to live spiritually. My God from Zion, I love how it reads. Every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms has been given to us. And that's Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 3 and 4, if you want to read it for yourself. Now, God chose us to be in a relationship with him even before he laid our plans for this world listen God chose us to be in a relation with us with him he wanted us to live holy lives characterized by love free from sin and blameless from before him we must bless God we must speak well of him he is the one who has already blessed us he's already prospered us in eternity past listen god blessed us we can look at matthew 25 and 34 where it states then shall the king which is jesus say unto them that are on his right hand which is us praise god come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Listen, if we keep our hand in God's hand and we 
stand the test and we endure to the end of this battle. Listen, we are going to be sitting or standing on the right hand of Jesus Christ. And he's going to say, come on, come in and inherit the kingdom that God has already prepared for you. He prepared this kingdom for you before the foundations of the world. So listen, we need to re recognize and realize who we are. We are kings kids we are children of god we have the tools required to be prosperous in this battle that we're uh, battling in and we understand that this battle has already been won however while we are upon this earth the god of this earth which we can find in second corinthians 4 and 4 the god of this earth satan we must wrestle with let me say that again. We have the tools required to be prosperous in this battle. Even though we understand that the battle is already won, Jesus already paid the price for us. However, while we are upon this earth, the God of this world, which is Satan, and you can find that in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, we have to wrestle with him as long as we're upon this earth. Why? Because he is here and he does not want to see us prosperous. Therefore, we have to wrestle. And God, that's what the scripture said in the book of Ephesians. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rules of darkness of this world spiritual wickedness in high places we're not fighting against flesh and blood we're not fighting against humans we're fighting against spirits that indwell humans spirits that uh, walk about this earth whispering in our ears that's what we fight against now that we understand we're going to move on now that we're understanding or we understand our God-given foundation. Let's build upon that foundation, shall we? The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 6. Listen at this. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Him who? God. In all of our ways, in everything that we do, we must acknowledge him and he'll direct our path. And when we get up in the morning to go about our day, acknowledge God and he'll direct our path. We, we may have to go through a little something. The devil may come up against us, may send his demons, may send his cohorts, may send his agents to fight up against us. But if we acknowledge God... God is going to direct us. He's going to give us the path to go in. He is going to show us the right road. He's going to clear the path for us. He's going to move, remove all of the stones, all of the sticks, all of the boulders, all of the trees. He's going to remove that if we acknowledge him. When we decide, when we want to make decisions, acknowledge God. If we want direction in a thing, acknowledge God. As Proverbs 6 and uh, 3 and 6 states, and he will direct us. He will show us the way. We must trust the Lord completely 
in order for him to be the director, which is the controller of our path. We have to trust him blindly. We have to be like little children, as the Bible tells us. Just trusting blindly. Knowing that God is going to lead us. Knowing that God is going to direct us. And He's and where, where he directs us is at the end thereof is going to be good. The end thereof is not going to be death. The end thereof. Because if we follow our own path, the Bible tells us that the end thereof is going to be death. And we're going on our own accord. And we're walking in, in our own will. The end thereof is death. Trusting the Lord does not mean that we rely on our own understanding. Our own insight. Our own common sense. Our, our common sense is never enough. To do the will of God or to live in this life, our common sense is never enough. We cannot visualize the ways of God. Listen, the Bible tells us in Isaiah 55 and 9 For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We cannot even visualize. The thoughts of God, what he has on his mind, his ways, what he has planned to do or how he's going to do it, the wisdom in which he's going to do it. Listen, our Sunday school lesson on Sunday past was about the walls of Jericho. Listen, it was brought out how the wisdom that God gave to Joshua and the people of Israel. Such wisdom to walk around the city. The city was a walled city. High walls. Thick walls. The houses were on, on the walls. People lived on top of the walls. And God gave them such wisdom. Walk around the city. Don't say a word. Now he gave strict instructions. And can you imagine the amount of people that adhere to the instructions of God? The whole city of the whole <laughs> the whole nation of Israel. Can you millions of people? Can you imagine that they all Walked around the city and did not make a sound, did not speak, didn't say anything. Can you imagine how hard that is to have everybody on one accord? Such that 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 amount of people. Let's just say it, that amount of people and everybody on one accord. That is hard to accomplish, but they accomplished it. But let's look at the scientific aspects of it. The wisdom that God gave. Walk around the city. Six days. And in my mind. I don't look up the scientific explanation for it. But in my mind. I'm looking at that amount of people walking around a city. Uh, six days. You know the, the traction or the 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 stomping of the feet or the walking of the feet how it uh, uh disturbs the the ground how it disturbs the sand 
and then on the seventh day they did it seven times and the walls fell down come on somebody the wisdom of God we cannot fathom his ways so we shouldn't even try we should just acknowledge him and let him tell us what to do and then when he tells us many a times we're going to be in awe our own selves oh God wow that's something I would have never thought about or I would have never thought to do that or to go in that direction or to say those words why because the wisdom of God his ways are higher than our ways his thoughts are higher than our thoughts we cannot visualize the ways of God now as we begin to trust and acknowledge God listen with all of our hearts we will find that God removes all of our obstacles we just talked about that he will remove all of that he will make the crooked path straight yes he will he will make the path plain before us so we can move forward or move toward the goals that he has prepared for us come on somebody we have to acknowledge him yes we do now Psalms 27 and 11 tells us or states teach me thy way O Lord and lead me in a plain path lead me in a level place so we don't uh, constantly stumble lead me in a plain path why because of mine enemies this is what the scripture says the enemy is right there waiting for an opportunity to step into our lives he's waiting for an opportunity an open door so he can walk in and wreak havoc in our lives that's why the psalmist says teach me thy ways teach me your ways Lord let me do it your way leave me on a plain path why because of my enemies the devil his his imps his demons his cohorts his agents are waiting for me to stumble they're waiting for me to open a door so they can pounce yes we want to bring it down to our level yes this is what is being said here in psalms 27 and 11 the enemy he's too much got too much going on and working in so many devious ways so lord teach me show me your ways lead me in a plain path i don't want to stumble and fall into the hands of the devil and this is why peter told us to be sober to be clear-headed we have to be clear-headed in order to be led in a plain path in order to walk in the ways of god in order to mind the things of the devil do not uh, not allowing the enemy to overtake us to trick us to fool us now listen there is a flow from acknowledging god who will in turn direct our path now however in order for him to direct our path we must trust him yeah we can acknowledge him and we can pray lord direct my path you know because my enemy 
Lord, I need to know what to do. I need to know how to do it. I need to know which direction to go. But we must trust him. When he tells us what to do, when he tells us what direction to go in, when he tells us what to say, we must trust him. We must trust those directions. Just like I said with the children of Israel and the, the walls of Jericho. God said walk. Put the priests with trumpets. We want the priests to go before the people with trumpets. We want the, the guard in front of the priests. We want the guard behind the priests. And we want the people behind walking behind the priests. But we want everybody to be silent. Don't say a word. And you do this six days. And then you return to your camp. The next day, get up and do the same thing. Do it over for six days. And on the seventh day, that's when you're going to go around the city seven times. When the priests blow with the trumpet, that's when the people will shout. And the walls will come down. Don't you know that they've had to trust God? They had to believe God. They had to walk around uh, the city of Jericho in faith. Believing that God was going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. That those walls were going to come down. We have to trust God when he give, give us direction. We have to trust and have faith in what he said will come to pass. Now, when we decide trusting God's insight is better than our own common sense, because a lot of times we feel like, oh, God, you're taking too long. Oh, God, if I just put my hands in, if I just do this, you know, that's going to help the situation. No, when we decide to trust God. Instead of our own common sense. Then we will realize. That he is the one who goes before us. And clears the road. Come on somebody. We need God to clear those roads for us. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how you take it. I don't care if you're high. You're low. You're front or you're back. We need God to clear the roads for us. Why? Because of what the enemy has plotted for us. Hear me today. What the devil has plotted for us, we need God to clear the roads. Psalms 18, 16, and 17 states, God, he, God, sent from above. He, God, took me. He, God, drew me out of many waters, many waters, waters, dangers. God sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many dangers. He delivered me from my strong enemy, my raging enemy, and from them which hated me. What does the scripture say? For they were too strong. They were too hard for me so God had to send from above God had to send his angels my God I'm thinking about when when Daniel prayed and he prayed and he prayed and when the angel finally got there he said you know when you first got down and prayed God sent 
from above. But listen, when I got in the, in the first heaven, there was a, a, a demon, a devil, a principality waiting on me. And I was struggling. I was fighting with everything I had on the inside. But, but Michael, the chief angel, had to come and assist me. So now I'm able to come and give you the word of the Lord. But listen, I got to go back and, and, and continue to fight in this battle. Why? Because there's another principality, the Prince of Persia. There's another one. There are two that's fighting up there. So now I got to go back and I got to assist in the battle. My God from Zion. Yep, the Prince of Persia hindered. Make me want to go to that scripture. I haven't read it in a while. But yeah. That's what this reminds me of. God sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Many dangers. Waters. And this scripture means dangers. God drew me out of many dangers. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Strong humans raging from my raging enemy. Just snarling. The Bible tells us that the devil walks about like a wrong lion seeking whom he may devour. He was walking around raging. My strong enemy. From them which hated me. The devil hates us. Why? Because God loves us. And we basically, if you want to bring it down to our terms, we, we've taken his place. He was disobedient, got kicked out of heaven. God began to chose mankind. He loves us. So, hey, the devil hates it. He hates it. His demons hate it. His cohorts hate it. His agents hate it. Everybody from the kingdom of darkness hate that you are of the kingdom of light. But listen, we just talked about who you are, who we are. We are king's kids. We inherited. We are heirs of the throne of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. We belong to God. He is our father. We just talked about that in the inheritance series. He is our daddy. And listen, just like this scripture here in Psalms 18 states, he sent from above. God don't play by his kids. Listen, you make a, a sound with your voice. Your voice. It doesn't have to be words. We learned about that in the inheritance series you need to go listen to the inheritance series we learned about it your voice doesn't have to be words it's a noise it could be a ripple it could be a moan it could be a groan it could be a tone but honey when it is it is pointed to where god let me tell you god is gonna come and see about his child he's gonna come see about you he may not Take you up completely out of the situation or the circumstance, and we very well may. 
But honey, he is coming to see about you. If it's just to give you strength, if it's just to give you direction, if it's just to open your eyes to the truth where the enemy has blinded you and told you a bunch of lies, got you believing it. Whatever the case may be, God is going to come and see about his children. Listen, a father here on this earth, if a child is, 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 is taken, let's say for instance, because it is a lot of uh, uh, human trafficking going on in this world today. If a child is taken, let me tell you, that father is going to do everything in his power to try to get his child back. What you think about God? What do you think about the making the creator of the heavens and the earth? Do you think he's just gonna uh, turn the turn the other cheek? Not if you're doing. Are uh, you not if you're living in in him? Not if you have your hand in his head. Not if you're living righteous before him. Not if you're doing what you know how to do to get closer to him. No, it does not work like that. God is a loving God. We learned about that as well. God is not ready to pounce on us at every turn, at every sin, at every mistake, every uh, fault. God is not ready to pounce on us. The Bible told us in that same episode that God, he does not wish the wicked to die. He wished that they will turn from their ways and live. We're talking about a good God. We talked about the characteristics of God in the inheritance series. So you need to go and listen to that and find out who God really is. Sometimes it's been taught through ministers, through preachers, through teachers, what have you, that God is an angry God. God is not an angry God. Not since Jesus, I would put it like this in my terms. This is this is my uh, analogy. <laughs> since Jesus came down and and redeemed us from our sin, because listen, if you go back in the Old Testament and you read, honey, God was killing up everything. Everything must die. And we can go back to Joshua and the children of Israel when they came to Canaan land to possess the land. Listen, God gave them specific instructions. Everything must die. That means dad and mama, children, animals, the whole lot had to die. Why? Because of idolatry. Then you say, well, why did the animals have to die? Because of idolatry. The things that the people did with the animals. Everything had to die. Nothing was able to survive or sh should have survived I would say because there was some disobedience up in there with the children of Israel however God wanted them to go in there to possess the land and kill up everything everything that God told uh, everywhere that God told them to go in the Canaan land they had to kill everybody and everything so listen we have to listen to the littlest instructions of God. God don't play about his people. Now listen, then I'm gonna read this one more time. Psalms 18, 16 through 17. But we got got a little off 
course, devil, listen. God said from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me because they, for they were too strong for me. And also, we can go to Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and the 23rd verse. The Bible gives us a spiritual principle to be careful for what we think. It talks about, above all, that we guard our heart. We must protect our heart because our faults run our life. Let me read that again because life flows from the heart. Listen, the Bible gives us a spiritual principle to be careful what we think because our faults run our life. The scripture states, above all, that regard we must protect our heart why because life flows from our heart yes life flows from the heart listen let's 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 look at it scientifically let's look at a scientific viewpoint and i'm gonna read this um <clears throat> quote from neotic systems they wrote an article and this is what they said in the article cardiovascular which is the heart afferents which are nerves that carry a message toward the central nervous system so cardiovascular afferents have numerous connections to such brain centers as the thalamus the hypothalamus and the amygdala and they play a direct and important role in determining our perceptions, in determining our thought processes, in determining our emotional experiences. So yes, your heart is closely knitted to your thought process. It plays a direct and an important role in your perception, your thought processes, and your emotional experience. So that's why the Bible is telling us here in Proverbs 4 and 23. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Guard your heart. Protect your heart because your life flows from your heart. Yes, yeah, so the things that you think, they get in your heart. And it makes the heart sick if it's not good. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Go with me now. Because we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. So listen. Listen at this. The number one strategy of the devil, of Satan, of Lucifer the number one strategy is deception the number one strategy of the devil is deception now you may say well how does he deceive us through our thought process <laughs> and then we just learned that our thought process correlates with our heart, our cardiovascular system. It plays a direct and important role. 
So how does the devil deceive us again? Through our thought process. So you mean our thought process, the devil, mm-hmm. our thought process, uh-huh, and our heart, yes. It all goes together. It all runs together. And so you wanna you you may think, hmm, so that's why the devil chooses our thought process. So he can get whatever seed he plants in our thought process to get down in our heart. Nobody loves you. They never did. Nobody cares about you. They never will. Nobody cares about what you have to say. They never do. Come on, somebody. Deception in the thought process. God does not love you. One of the biggest lies the devil can tell. God does not love you. You've done too much evil. You've done too many bad things, too many wicked things. God will never love you. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. Regardless of whatever you have done, God loves you and will love you if you turn toward him. Come on, somebody. The number one strategy is deception. Your parents never loved you. Your husband don't love you. Your husband is, is tipping out on you. Or your wife is tipping out on you. Or they're doing this on the job. Or they're doing that on the job. The deception. Listen. The number one strategy. Strategy. Listen. Strategy. The number one strategy of the devil is deception. And how does he deceive us? Through our thought process. Now, we are familiar with the story about Eve, Adam and Eve. We're familiar with that. But let's go somewhere else and read and see what the Bible has to tell us about Satan and his deception. Let's go over to 1 Chronicles 21 and the first verse. That's 1 Chronicles 21 and the first verse. And the Bible states, and this is the King James Version, And Satan stood up against Israel and provoked. He allured, he instigated, he enticed David to number Israel. Number the people, basically. Let's read that again. And Satan, the Bible says Satan, and Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. He provoked David. He allured David. He instigated to David. He enticed David to number the people. And listen, God was displeased with this. And what happened? God smote the people. He attacked Israel because David numbered the people. That was a no-no. God, God didn't tell him to do that. And we, and we can get out of track and we can go on into that story how God, God gave David a choice. You want the enemy to come in and smite y'all or you want me to smite you? <laughs> David chose that God smite them. Yeah. 
and God sent a pestilence. My God from Zion. Read that. First Chronicles 21 and 1. We can go over to 2 Samuel 24 and 1, which is, is basically stating the same thing. And it states, And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he moved David against them to say, Go, number Israel and Judah. Yeah. So Satan enticed, he lured David to go and number the people. Now, 2 Samuel 24 and 10 states, And David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. Listen, going back to that heart, David's heart, his inner man, his mind, his thinking, it got the best of him. It smote him, the Bible said. After he had did this thing, he knew within himself that he had done wrong. Is back to the thought process. Listen, the enemy comes up against our thought process. That is his number one. That is his number one strategy. Hear me and hear me clearly. That is the devil's number one strategy. Is deception. And his deception deals with how we think. Now, David, just like Eve, had no idea of the origin of the thoughts that entered into his mind. Number, numbering of the people might have seemed right to him. Even though his military commander, Joab, questioned the decision, David thought it was right. And he did it anyway. But God did not like that. So this is a prime example if you will, of how they say the devil will take you out on a limb and he will leave you there to fend for yourself. The devil, he all he did was entice him. All he did was gave him a fault to number the people. And David, he adhered to the thought of the devil. And he numbered the people. Even though there was others there, you know, questioning his actions, he did it anyway. Then after the fact, after he had done it, that's when his heart smote him. That's when he started thinking. That's when he, he came to himself, if you will. That's when he began to think clearly. All the fog and the smog and the smoke that the devil had crammed in his head to have him confused. All that went away and then he came to himself. The Bible said David's heart smote him. 2 Samuel 24 and 10. David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. My God, my God. That's a prime example of taking you out on a limb and leaving you there. I'm quite sure all of us can think of a situation where we did it. We knew it. We shouldn't have done it, but we did it anyway. And then after the process, then we can think and say, Oh my God, I know I did not do that. Or, Oh my God, I know I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, the devil took us out there on that limb and he left us there. So now our heart is, was, was smoting us. Our heart was, our inner man was telling us we were, we were wrong for doing what we did. 
That's a prime example. Now we can find the main purpose of Satan's deception is the dishonor to God by bringing shame and even judgment upon his children. Yep. The main purpose of Satan's deception. He wants to bring dishonor to God. He wants to bring shame upon God's children, which is us. He wants to bring judgment upon God's children, which is us. That's his main purpose. He hates us. And he wants to do everything in his power to shame us and to bring God's judgment upon us. What? Because he is going to the lake of fire. He already knows He's where he's going to be throughout eternity. Therefore, he wants to take as many of us as he can with him to the lake of fire. That's exactly what he's doing. From my standpoint, let me put that in there. From my point of view, that's exactly what he's doing. He does not want to be there alone and he wants to hurt God listen we talked about this in the the whole arm of God's series back way back go back to the whole armor of God series and listen to that series we talked about it how we're in we're in the midst of a battle the battle is between Satan and God and we are in between these two uh, uh, entities fighting against each other but because we belong to God Satan comes up against us why because it is going to hurt God listen if you got two parents and you got two children uh, in a game and, and say for instance uh, um, the what peewee football and you got two parents because those parents get really crazy with that the, the peewee football business honey but listen you got a parent on one team their child a parent on the other team their child and those two kids are added in the game or what have you you know they're trying to win the game and and if something goes down listen them parents gonna be on the field hey that's my child Oh yeah, that I'm trying to bring it home to these mothers out here, these fathers out here with these kids. You know, you know, you know. I don't even have to go any further. You know how you would get down about your child. So what do you think about God? We are God's children, so God is gonna get down about us. Yeah exactly so don't let that devil tell you that God does not love you or that God does not care about you or that God will not come see about you because that is a lie straight from the pits of hell as I like to say the devil is lying he's deceiving you he's speaking deception in your ears to tell you that God does not love you honey God will come down we talked about it 
Oh my God, from Zion. We talked about it in the inheritance series. And you're going to make me go back and read that scripture again. It's, it's in Psalms 18, the exact same scripture that we just read. God does not play about his children. Go with me to Psalms 18. And I'm just going to read a few scriptures from the beginning of Psalms 18. That is Psalms the 18th chapter let's read we're going to start at the first verse and we're going to get on out of here I will love thee O Lord my strength and I'm reading from the King James Version the Lord is my rock my fortress my deliverer my God my strength and whom I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower listen at this verse 3 I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised so shall I be saved from mine enemies Okay, I'm going to be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death compassed me about. The floods of ungodly men made me afraid. I'm going through something. The devil attacking me. The sorrows, the floods, we just talked about water, dangers. Ungodly men made me afraid. Listen, verse 5. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. Verse 6. Here we go. In my distress, in the midst of my calamity, in the midst of my trial, in the midst of this thing that's going on, this attack of the enemy. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried. I cried unto my God. I used my voice. He heard my voice. Listen, he heard my voice. I cried. I didn't. I didn't um, uh, uh, talk. The scripture said I cried. I cried unto my God, unto God. So what I did with my voice, I made a noise unto God. Listen at what the scripture said. He heard my voice out of his temple, out of heaven, because that's where God lives in heaven. And my cry came before him, even unto his ears. Honey, my cry went up to his ears. Verse 7. Listen, the earth shook. Even the earth, the earth has light. The earth shook and trembled. The earth is so worried. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken. Why? Because he was wroth. God was angry. God was mad. When he heard my cry, what I I didn't even all I had to do was make a whimper and God was angry. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 8. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, the fire of his mouth devoured, coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also, and he came down, and darkness was under his feet. He rode upon a cherub, 
and did fly yea he did fly upon the wings of the wind he made darkness his secret place his pavilion round about him were dark waters and thick clouds of the stars at the brightness that was before him his thick clouds passed hailstones and coals of fire the Lord also thundered in the heavens and the highest gave his voice hailstones and coals of fire listen verse 14 my god from zion yea he sent out his arrows and scattered them who is them the enemy and he shot our lightnings and discomfited them Excuse me, my God, I'm God don't play about his children, so don't let that devil tell you that God does not love you. <coughs> my God, from Zion, yes, God loves you, so don't let the enemy tell you that he does not, because we just read it in Psalms, the 18th chapter. So, we found out that Satan's uh, um, his main purpose is to dishonor God. We know that his main strategy is deception. Yes, we found out these things. So now we're going to go over here to 1 Peter 5 and 8 because it states, control yourselves and be careful. And we talked about this earlier. The devil, Satan, Lucifer, who is our enemy, he goes about, he prowls. He prowls about like a roaring lion, looking for someone to eat, someone to devour. But listen at the scripture. He said he does it like a lion. It does not state that he is a lion. He does it like a lion. But honey, let me tell you, you got what you need. To get rid of that lion. The Bible says. Listen. The Bible tells us in the book of Luke. That God has given us power to tread over serpents and scorpions. What are serpents and scorpions? And we look at it in the spirit. Serpents and scorpions are demons. Demonic forces. He said I give you power to tread over serpents and scorpions. And over all power of the enemy. Yes the enemy. That also states that the enemy has power. That lets us know that the enemy has power. But what? God gave us power power over all power of the enemy that means our power is stronger than what the enemy has and he said nothing by any means shall hurt you so you got what you need we already learned that we're heirs to the throne and god has given us all these blessings on these heavenly streets come on somebody on these heavenly realms god has given it to us so don't let the devil deceive you because he's prowling about angry and ferocious and just, just wreaking havoc everywhere. But honey, you have what it takes to overcome that. Why? Because the Bible says that God has given us power over all power of the enemy. I don't care what kind of power they got. <clears throat> I don't care what kind of power they got. You got your hand in God's hand. You're doing what it takes. You're asking the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God. And you got it on the inside and it is flowing and it is on fire. God, the devil can't do nothing with you. Can't do nothing with you. 
but do a bunch of tricks. Do a bunch of laughing. Carrying on. What does that do? Nothing. Come on. Come on, somebody. Go with me here. So we must be aware of the ways of the enemy. Yes, we we must be very aware of what the devil is doing. Listen, a lot of people say you focus on the devil and you don't focus. No, honey, you got to focus on the devil and you got to focus on God. Or I should put it this way. You got to focus on God, but you also got to focus on what the enemy is doing. Come on, somebody. We can't be all... Uh, uh, spiritual uh, uh, looking unto God all the glorious and the greatness of what God is doing and, and ignoring the devil while the devil got a knife stabbing you in the back or, or the devil has uh, uh, something to chop your head off and you don't even know it no it does not work like that we have to uh, focus on God just as well as focus on the devil hey Jesus said himself he said you got to watch as well as pray yeah you praying you praying you praying but you better be watching you better be watching of what the enemy is doing how he's trying to come and deceive you how he's strategizing to come up against you and to take you out Come on, somebody. I'm getting stirred up here, but it's time for us to go. Now, he wants to stop us from completing our journey. This is what the devil wants. He wants us to stop. He wants to stop us from completing our journey. He wants to stop us from completing the task that God has for us. So he does not want us to go to heaven. That's our journey. And he does not want us to uh, 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 teach the gospel or preach the gospel or or encourage somebody else in the gospel that the Bible tells us to go go ye therefore and teach all nations listen that's what we're supposed to be doing that's that's the great commission that's what Jesus told the disciples and we are disciples of Jesus Christ so that is what we're supposed to be doing teaching all nations listen the Bible tells us that the harvest is great there's so many souls to be harvested but the laborers are we're locked up in the four corners. We're not even doing nothing for the. Come on, somebody. I don't even want to get on the soapbox. But listen. The enemy does not want us to complete our journey. Doesn't want us to go to heaven. Doesn't want us to be with, G with the Lord. He wants us to go to hell and go to the lake of fire, the pit. He doesn't want us to complete our task for the Lord. He does not want us to uh, uh, share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He does not want us to do that. Listen, the Bible states in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, listen. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not, listen to what I say, and I'm reading the scripture, 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, the King James Version. Lest Satan should get an advantage of you. Get over on you. As we can say. For we are not in OT. Ignorant of his devices. Of his ways. Come on, somebody. The Bible is saying we're not ignorant. Well, how do we not be ignorant of Satan's devices? Because we are, are learning his ways. We are paying attention to his ways. We are watching as well as praying. We're not being 
ignorant to his devices. The Bible said we are not ignorant. Therefore, if I'm not going to be ignorant, I got to learn about his devices. If I do not learn about his devices, then I am ignorant. The Bible, Jesus does, the Lord does not want us to be ignorant. Listen, the Bible tells us in Hosea 4 and 6, the people of God, of God, are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> ignorant. We lack knowledge. We lack knowledge about the devices of the devil. We're ignorant to the devices of the devil. But here, I'm reading in 2 Corinthians, the second chapter. The Bible says, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Therefore, I have to learn his devices. Not to be ignorant. In anything, not to be ignorant in anything, you have to learn. You have to put forth an effort to learn whatever the case may be or whatever you're trying to learn not to be ignorant. Now, if you come... Uh, up to me and start talking about uh, a space station or or something of that nature. I'm ignorant because I don't know nothing about a space station. Come on, somebody. Unless and I read and learn about it. So that's what we have to do with the devil. We have to read and we have to learn about the devil. We have to pay attention. We have to watch as well as pray not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. Listen, did you not know there is a demon assigned specifically to you? Specifically to me? Did you not know this? Just like we have a guardian angel assigned to us from God, do you not know that the devil has assigned a demon? Come on, somebody. The devil, Lucifer, Satan, the devil <coughs> is a copycat. You have the kingdom of darkness. You have the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness is Satan. The kingdom of light is God. The, oh, the Bob, hey, in Ephesians, Paul told us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What? We wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle against. Uh, uh, um, I didn't got the scripture messed up, but that's we wrestle against them for. <laughs> My God from Zion, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. So that tells me there's a hierarchy in the kingdom of darkness, Satan's kingdom. We talked about this in the whole Armor of God podcast series. You need to go back and listen to that. We talked about the hierarchy of the kingdom of darkness. Listen, just like there's a hierarchy, just like Michael is an archangel, you got archangels, you got cherubs, and you got um, you got messenger angels. There's a hierarchy. Satan is a copycat. So if God is going to uh, uh, assign an angel to you, and we call it guardian angel. You have an angel assigned to you. If you did not know, I'm telling you today. You have an angel assigned to you. And if you did not know, I'm telling you today. You have a demon assigned to you as well. You have it. I have it. Everybody has it. And what that demon does, we'll find out on the next 
podcast on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Sister Alley Cat's Tea. Wow, I got wound up there at the end. It took a minute, but I got I got with the program, got wound up, and got excited about the Word of God. But listen, we're going to find out about these demons being assigned to us on the next episode. And we're going to find out about distractions and this here, this here spiritual robbery that's going on. And we need to bring that business under control. We need to make sure that we are not only praying, but we are watching, we're learning the ways of the devil. I like to tell the enemy, I say, you watching me, but I'm watching you too. You learning me, but I'm learning you too. Don't get it twisted. Just like you watching and learning me, I'm watching and learning you as well. So, listen, we are going to shut it down right here. Thank you for listening to Sister Alley Cat's Tea. Please like, comment, follow, and share. And listen, I have started sending my podcast over to YouTube. And right now, they're just in the uh, audio version. But hopefully... In the near future, you'll be able to see my face as I do the podcast and we can just get this word on the inside together and learn the ways of the devil as well as learning God because we got to learn God. Listen, he is our father. He loves us and we want to know about our inheritance. We want to know about the kingdom of God because listen, the kingdom of God belongs to us. We inherited when we came over to the Lord's side. When we said yes to Jesus, we inherited the kingdom of God. We inherited and we will be there to live with Jesus one day. Listen, Jesus already told us and we've already talked about it earlier that it was already prepared for us before the in the beginning eternity past it was already created for us so listen we want to learn all that we can about the kingdom of heaven about the kingdom of light because we are children of the kingdom of light don't forget to follow this ministry on all social media platforms Search for Light and Darkness, L-I-T. Search for Allison, Sears, and Cat Holt. Search for Sister Allie Cat's T. And I love you guys. And I will talk to you soon. <laughs>